Warning, the following broadcast may contain pervasive language of a graphic or vulgar nature. It is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And may fictional Jesus have mercy on your souls. Enjoy the show. Maybe he could get some research done. And then he'll have fun with himself. Intellectual saviors are chronic masturbators. Oh, we know that in the end you know he's fine. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Intellectual Saviors. In case you're having a hard time making a napalm or making Molotov cocktails, you can get Bruno's cheese that's found in Norway. Apparently, it's extremely flammable. There was a truckload of this cheese that exploded in a tunnel in the Arctic of Norway, and it shut down the tunnel for six days because the firemen could not put it out. <laughs> you know, when I was on vacation last year... We, Who knew? <laughs> cheese. We were we went the new tool of the anarchist. We went to a trip in the Rocky Mountains and I got some brie and I ate that and dude my ass was on fire for like three <laughs> fucking days. That shit lit me up like never before. Dude, so I, I love baked brie. So whatever fucking brunost fucking cheese Brunost. That and fucking brie. Woo. Put those two together. You got a fucking <laughs> nuclear warhead. Coming out your ass. Mm. Apparently, it's a brown cheese that's made from whey. It looks like brown cheese coming out of my ass. And contains 30% (laughs) fat and has a caramel taste. (laughs) I doubt this had a caramel taste. Is it it really caramel or is it caramel? I say caramel, dude. Shut up. I say caramel. I say caramel. Yeah, I'm with Christian on this. Divided. (sighs) Fuck this show. We can't I'm that, done. I can't even agree on a, caramel. Maybe since I did such an abortion of a guitar man last time, we could talk about caramel oh, gonna versus inter- caramel. Are you going to reintroduce us, or are you just going to do caramel versus caramel? Yeah. Is it caramel? Is it caramel? Caramel. So here's the difference. One's G and one's E minor. So one's just a little bit darker in, turn, in tone and texture. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. See that one right there? That's caramel. That's a little bit like, ooh, I'm spicy, but I'm not. I'm spicy. Sweet. Spicy. I don't fucking know anymore, dude. I've had too many beers. <laughs> You've about, had like what two. What are you talking about? I've oh. had mu- many more beers than you have. I I'm on my fourth. You've only had two. And I've been up for damn ever. And so, he's been up for damn ever. Damn ever. Damn ever. How long is damn ever? You're just gonna have to figure that out. How's yourself. this? Caramel or caramel, Eric? We just went through this. It's caramel or caramel. Caramel. Is it caramel or caramel? God damn him. I'm just going to do... I'm going to filibuster the show. All right, into the topic. Into the fucking topic. (laughs) So anyway, we're doing... uh, We'll do the social part of welfare now and then corporate welfare. Which is what corporate welfare? Is what I've got information on. Although, I'll give a quick uh, rundown on kind of a history of welfare for you uh, lovely listeners out there that we love so very, very, Mm. very much. Yes. Good God, dude, what the fuck? Uh, I think this segment, I don't know if we can top the last show. It may have been the greatest show of all time, but I think we... I, I, I don't st- know. I'm about to make it really epic. It's fucking a good start. I know that. Uh, you have no idea. With I'm the, about to pound the shit out of these beers. With it's going to real interesting around caramel here. caramel fucking debate that we start with. <laughs> That's right, dude. That's right. So anyway, kids, in the early days... See, 
everybody just thinks welfare. Oh, fucking, you know, he's welfare queens. Oh, fucking food stamps, blah, blah, blah. We got it. But welfare has actually been around since the days of the colonies. And that's what people don't understand. It was actually imported from British poor laws. These laws were uh, made to basically distinguish the people who are unable to work due to their age or physical health compared to the people who are able-bodied but unemployed. So what they did was, you know, it either help them get work from the government would help them out or they'd give them some kind of public assistance uh, put them in workhouses or whatever i'm sure they're basically slave labor like the chinese now but um so that's kind of what it started off as then by the 1800s uh you know we continued uh, to reform the uh, thing by the government excuse me fucking having issues here the government dealt with the poor they had some changes where they try and move them you know off of assistance and stuff and by setting up social casework consistent of caseworkers visiting poor and training them in morals and work ethic and you know and they were advocated uh, by reformers and stuff this was kind of like 1880s through the 1890s blah 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 all that bullshit and that was kind of the service thing then that's our show. <laughs> I'm getting to it, man. I'm almost blah blah blah. That bullshit. Done. This is the this is the fucking um, what do you, what's the fucking the books you get the the goddamn uh, cliff notes. Cliff notes. This is the cliff notes version right here. Then basically what happened is the Great Depression came, and then uh, at that t- time you know estimated like a fourth of labor force was unemployed. So that's when FDR started putting in the fact you know we had Social Security and they started putting programs into place to help out uh, poor people and stuff. And that's kind of how welfare started as we know it today. And it's pretty much consistently been the same. I mean, it's been tweaks to the system. I mean, we got the food stamps program, WIC programs, Medicaid's been added on, although some people don't really consider that um, you know, welfare people, so much. But I've actually seen there's a website on here that said they differentiated programs like Medicaid and such because if you take that into it, consideration for welfare, there's a lot of things. Yeah, then they would take in like transportation, every, anything yeah. that the government puts funding into. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. So we've had some form of kind of welfare reform efforts by the government ever since the days of the colonies. And so we've always had it in place. And basically, uh, welfare will consist, like I said, of health care, food stamps, child care assistance, unemployment benefits, uh, cash aid housing assistance is pretty much what they rope into that that you can get from the states today. And fuck it. Who wants to take? <laughs> okay. Um, well, before we get into this, I just wanted to go from the other side of things. Um, so I found a uh, a lovely website called uh, isitnormal.com, and I found a category under miscellaneous, and this person wrote, I hate welfare bums. It says, I hate welfare bums so much. I'm not talking about the 10% of people who actually need social assistance. I'm talking about the useless, lazy pieces of shit who sit at home on their asses all day while pumping out baby after baby. I hate them so much, and I hate the government even more for allowing it to happen. It's like they promote it. And what do us hardworking people get? A kick in the ass. How is this fair? It's not. I'm sure this may start a heated discussion, but I don't care. I'm simply speaking my mind. I've always been a hard worker. And, whoa, whoa, this person can't even spell. They put worker ad come. I'm assuming that it said worker and come from a family of workaholics. Not like on Twitter where they all promote where they're at? Yeah. Box. I think think we should put all the welfare bums on an island and make them work to survive. Am I normal to think this way? And then you get to, like, vote. Um, 
unfortunately doesn't really have the voting like things. But people can leave <laughs> comments, and there's a shitload of them. And man, there are some good ones. Uh, there's one from uh, this one person called Bud the Wise. That makes sense. Bud I despise welfare cases, especially those welfare moms who perpetuate the cycle of poverty. They just suck up taxpayer money, taxpayer money from hardworking people. I think that when welfare hoes get knocked up, the taxpayer should vote on whether or not she should get an abortion. After all, oh it's God. the taxpayers <laughs> who support all of those bums and their kids. Well... And then there's another person that chimed in on that one and said, I agree. That's why I, I steal to support my three kids. <laughs> I would never take welfare in my life. I would never take welfare in my life. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, why don't these assholes just go out and start stealing stuff to support uh, their kids? Yeah. and Lazy bastards. Make work for it. There's another person that has like some bullet points. and say, They say, uh, the plight of poverty has been exaggerated by liberals. Uh, poor people almost always deserve to be poor, oh, i.e. Yeah. They, are, they are lazy. Sure. Uh, people that are working hard, i.e. at least not receiving welfare, are helping the economy, thereby helping the poor. Uh, four, uh, the people described in three, which are the hardworking people, should not have their money drained from the people described in two. Wow. What a cunt. You know what fucking pisses me off is like, I don't think people realize that you can have two people busting their ass working like a shitty Walmart job, maybe a fast food job or something, trying to support their family, and with the minimum wage, shitty pay that they get, and they have no fucking benefits, I might add. There's no fucking way you can support a family on those kind of incomes. And for them to say, oh, people don't work hard. Man, the hardest I ever worked in my fucking life was when I worked, like, when I was, like, 15 working, like, fast food. Or when I was fucking loading goddamn gravel and shit at fucking Home Depot, man. I made no goddamn money, had no benefits of busting my fucking ass, you know. And I know there's people out there that live on those type of jobs. Which I don't know how the fuck they do it. But that's so ridiculous. What a fucking cunt to write that. Wait, Those wait, are wait. People no, don't no, know no, no. And see, I, they're, they're, tr they're almost swaying me here. This one person called Coconut Cream Pie uh, says, this is 100% normal because I agree. <laughs> Good job on swaying me. Okay. I, Good I, job. I, I take it. Awesome? I'm against welfare now. Fuck it. I take it back. <laughs> That was a good point. <laughs> I was wrong. Because I agree. It's completely normal. <laughs> so, you know, th this brings up a really good point I want to make. First off, he said that, you know, 10% of that system. I was about to say, I, I want to go into, like, how we can debunk these stats and these, like, just complete fallacies of the whole thing. And that's why I wanted to start out with this. I wanted to start out right. with uh, the arguments about it and what people actually think. And the, I mean, these are people that actually believe this shit. It's not just like some stupid internet people that are just saying shit. Just well, I know for a fact that the more kids you have, you don't get additional funding for those kids. I know that's a fact. I don't have the numbers and stuff to pull from right now, but I have looked that up before because I've heard this argument. Ooh, I do like this person. This person says, uh, Jesus, welfare barely pays rent in my city, let alone for food and bills disability assistance isn't much better i haven't seen any of these so-called welfare kings and queens in my area you know why because they don't really exist look yep. th th this system is not the system of the 90s so at least there's one smart person the, you know they're, well they're basing this off of stuff that happened 20 years ago mm -hmm. you know i mean this 
the reforms that we've had in welfare changed a lot about that, but none of the public persona has ever changed. It's always been the black lady with 500 kids that, you know, is like, oh, I can't wait till I get my check from the government, and that she's obviously stupid, right? Because that's, that's, that's what they're shown. That's what they're that's what they're shown through media sources. Yeah, that's one of the things. Like in '96, when uh, Clinton they passed the um, Personal Responsibility and Work Opportunity Responsibility Act, that's that's one of the things it did. I mean, it, it took away a lot of this shit. You can't have people just living off welfare and food stamps. I mean, they have to get involved in work program. I mean, there's a lot of things set up where they try and wean these people off, and the programs are pretty successful. But there's been so much defunding, and it, like you said, it's a stigma. You know, it's like yeah. people look back, you know, 30 years ago when under the conservatives they started doing the welfare queen thing where they'd put the black woman on tv and say look at her she's got her fucking cadillac and she's going with her food stamps to buy a fucking gucci purse or whatever the fuck is going on and they make such a big deal of it and they put that fucking image in everybody's mind and everybody back that's you know working barely making it and struggling through life they see that and then they're like everybody's fucking making off my goddamn tax dollars and i'm struggling to get by and they get all fucking whiny and pissed and then like you said it's an image and it just has kept up over the years and it's not the fucking case anymore dudes maybe i i might have found like my crowd to to help me with my uh population control argument um we haven't really talked about that on the show. We will do a show on that. that. That's definitely going to be a show because I have some really interesting thoughts on that. But maybe because a lot of these comments are like, uh, stop giving everyone welfare and make them have birth control shots. Like, and these people are pro, like, population control. I'm kind of digging it. I don't know, dude. <laughs> that's very China-esque. That's very communist. I don't know. How much you want to bet that this person is also against abortion? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably a good Christian conservative. If you get raped and aborted three years in jail. <laughs> yeah, I've got the same webpage pulled up and all the, I can't even. Oh, yeah. Just, dude, it's, it's, in, it's endless. I, I recommend anybody listening to this, go to itisnormal.com and look up I Hate Welfare Bums. And man, it is just fucking hilarious. It's down the fucking page, dude. Oh, yeah. There's so many comments. And man, if anybody says anything positive, holy crap, they get a lot of negatives on their uh, reviews and stuff, but it's pretty funny. So let, let's let uh, go ahead and debunk some of these uh, stats and and uh, misconceptions. Well, the first one to come to mind is, you know, they make the case, like what he said here is like the 10% of the people who actually do need these types of programs. If you're in the program, you need the program. The qualifications that they set for that require you to need this program. That's That's the very foundation to that. Now, if you're trying to say that there's fraud going on with welfare, I can tell you that there is a percentile of fraud cases that I found on the internet, and I found it a couple of times, actually. There's an error ratio of 3%, and they found 2% of the cases actually had some sort of fraud to it. 2%. And we've discussed this before. I mean, any program that's out there, there's going to be some extent of fraud and if you're talking two or three percent that's really almost non-existent yes, if you really look that at is it insurmountably awesome that they could get it to, and that's the thing is you know people keep thinking that obviously because the government is so incompetent all of their programs are just f- completely stupid and the people are stupid and they're just handing checks to whoever well well i mean my buddy who has a cousin i mean they get welfare and they they live like kings and queens okay well I get some numbers on that. The total, <laughs> this is the total amount of money a person can make monthly and still receive welfare is $1,000. So if you make, you can only get welfare if you make less than $12,000 a year. 
I'd like to see any fucking buddy live on $12,000 a year, first of all. And I mean, so right off the bat, you have to be working. I mean, it, you got to be working to make that, but you, I mean, $1,000, think about it. It's fucking ridiculous. And um, the number of states that pay more than $8, like the welfare would basically, you know, it would be more than $8 an hour if you broke it down that, that way, is 40 states. So basically, you know, I mean, you're talking four out of five states. They're getting basically minimum wage is what they're getting from the welfare. So it's not like they're making, they're just getting fucking piles of money handed to them. And these are people who are just rolling the fucking dough game in the system. I mean, they're making nothing to begin with. And they're getting basically nothing in return from welfare. I mean, and then they're chastised because they took your tax dollars. Exactly. You know, here's the other thing about that. Your tax dollars are now the government's dollars. They're not yours. If you think that this is fair for you to say, I think it's kind of bullshit that you have any right telling someone else how to spend their money. So why are you telling the government how to spend their money? Well, uh, because I think I think the idea is that we fund the government, so we have a right to tell them. What yeah, they I mean, do. fine, and that's great if you want to debate that. But it's kind of like saying, and this is the that gets to the root of the problem here. Should you have a social welfare program at all? That's what their whole argument would be at that point, right? If you're like, well, listen, it's the federal government's entity. It's their budget, right? They chose to budget these programs. Now you have to say, do you want these programs? Well, we don't, we, we don't really explain how these programs help and benefit society. No, we no, don't. it's not what's on See, the I media. Think that's exactly. Instead, we villainize it and make it into a criminal thing. And that's the problem because a, a lot or of the Or a negligent time, thing. Okay, like, for instance, I, I got some here. Just um, welfare as far as um, for people who have children and stuff, they get uh, what they call AFCD, which is Aid to Family Dependent Children. I think they've changed the acronym on that. But over 80% of the people who get that are only on it for about two to four years, max. I mean, that's max. Most of the people are off within about a year. I mean, mostly about 60% of them are off of it within about a year to a year and a half. So it's not like these people are, are staying on forever. And it's just, it's a means to an end. It's like people go through rough patches. It's like unemployment. We have during the election, you have like Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan talking about the takers versus the makers. Well, Paul Ryan was a benefit of a social program because his father died when he was young and he got social security benefits and he used that to pay for his college, which got him where he is today. But now he's one of these people who wants to decrease the funding of all these programs. It's like, that's a piece of shit right there. I mean, you use that to take advantage. That program was there to help you out and he took advantage of it and it helped him progress himself. And now he wants to diminish those programs for others. It's like, that's the kind of shit that pisses me off. Like, well, why would you want anybody else to climb to the top where well, you are? And here's the, yeah, no shit. Someone, he definitely isn't bright enough. It's not like he couldn't fight off anybody else. Um, but here's the thing. Now, this is a, and I told these guys, I get personal experience for this. When I, when my, my son was born, um, I mean, I, man, I was having a hell of a fucking time. Eric knows this. I was living with him at the time. This is about 10 years ago. My son's nine now. I had lost my job. And then a couple weeks later, my crazy ex came to me and told me she was pregnant with my child. <laughs> So I had no money. I had a ton of fucking debt. So I was on unemployment for pretty much the whole time she was pregnant with him. I couldn't get a job. I had, of course, no health care or anything. So we actually had to get Medicaid so she could, you know, go to the doctor, do her checkups and stuff. It paid for the delivery and everything of her child. I ran up over that course of time probably about twelve grand of debt. Now, had I not had that with the additional hospital cost, him not getting the checkups, I mean, it kept him make sure that he was healthy when he was born. 
we had that going for us. And like I said, the cost of stuff. I mean, it could, my debt could have been double that, you know, now I'm not trying to be shitty and kind of like bragging or nothing, but between me and my wife's income and stuff now, you know, we, I got past that. Those programs helped me get past it. We had WIC after he was born to help get the formula and everything to pay for that. Now, me and my wife make probably twice as much as the median income for family. We're paying those tax dollars. I have no problem because I know some of those tax dollars are going to help other people that are in that time of need. It's not like I was a fucking piece of shit slacker. I mean, I got out of the military. I worked. You know, I just lost my job. It was after 9-11. The economy was shitty. I got let go from my job. It was just a bad circumstances and stuff. But those programs helped get me, you know, past that time when it was real difficult for me. So... And like I said, most of these people are off of these programs within a couple of years. It's not like everybody gets on them and just fucking sets on them for their whole goddamn lives. Yeah. So I think people need to understand these programs are there to help people in a time of need. Not everybody is a fucking major. Now, you're always going to have a percentage of people. Yeah. They're, I mean, well, and they're not all evil and they're not all looking to manipulate the system. And I found a book. It's called The Tyranny of Kindness. It's written by uh, Teresa Funicilio. It's kind of an interesting last name. Uh, but uh, I'm going to bring up her book and some of the quotes from her book quite throughout the entire show. But she talks about how uh, cynics can snide me for being naive, but they cannot challenge the imminent reasonableness of the strategy to trust poor people, just like we trust Social Security recipients and those who report to the IRS. Mike, you have rubbed off on Eric. I was going to say, I'm just tired and drunk, so. Fair. I was going to say, I'm doing better tonight because I'm drinking more. It's it's called (laughs) the honor system. I mean, it's, these people need help. They're not just saying like, hey, I I need free money and just going out and just being complete bums. Most people don't want to live off of the garbage that they get from being on welfare. Uh, And she even goes on to in this... um, I don't know how your stats line up, but uh, according to her, about 82% of single mothers, which are a pretty uh, important uh, chunk. I mean, they're not like a sizable chunk, but they are a a very important chunk because single mothers struggle Mm -hmm. severely because women don't get paid as much as men. Yep. And it's also a lot harder for them to find uh, decent paying jobs and stuff. Uh, But 82% of single mothers who are on welfare remain dependent for uh, five years or more. Most of these long-term recipients dropped out of high school and had their first babies as unwed teenagers. Um, how more disadvantaged, or how many more disadvantaged young women might be lured into welfare by the promise of fourteen thousand dollars a year just for having a baby? <laughs> That's kind of her argument. Is like, seriously, why would somebody put themselves in these situations to get just garbage money? I, I was mean, gonna you say, really don't get a whole lot. You don't. You do not even get enough no. to be above water. Like, it's barely enough to barely scrape by. And more than likely, your kids are not being fed very well. No. You're probably starving yourself. You probably live in a really, really bad neighborhood where they're probably going to get mixed into even more disgusting shit. And mm-hmm. we perpetuate it. Yeah. And then we sit there and, like, villainize them and say, oh, how dare you be on welfare? It's just fucking disgusting. Like, nobody wants to be on that. It's an embarrassment. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. You, you don't go around saying, oh, hey, man, by the way, I'm on welfare. Hell, yeah, I'm going to go drive my uh, Cadillac. No, nobody fucking does that. Yeah, believe me, I wasn't running around bragging when I was fucking <laughs> broken, unemployed. and it, it's, shit. it's not like a thing that people really want to do. It's something that they're forced into. 
and they have to rely on it. Well, the attitude needs to change about that. I think that's, that's probably the strongest thing that a, a media source like us as this show could possibly do is, you know, we have a really good opportunity. And, you know, a lot of it is just that one stat, I think, is the most important thing possible. 2% of those cases are fraudulent. That yeah. means that 98% of those cases are completely legitimate. And why shouldn't that be? Why are people so stuck on this idea that that program is clearly incompetent? No government is stupid enough to just hand money to people who are abusing it. That's why there's reform acts. You know, you, but you don't. And the thing, Eric, I think that you hit the most important thing about that is the media doesn't say that. That's not what you hear. Oh, no. I mean, they, yeah, they, they villainize these people and they talk about it, but they don't talk about the, the wastefulness of the government spending that does go on. And, uh, I mean, she even mentions it in the book, you know, some, some other stuff. And, like, she talks about how uh, during the Reagan administration, we all know how great Reagan is, right? Greatest president uh, ever. The, <laughs> the military <laughs> procured hammers for the tune of $600. Yeah, I remember that. They're talking about, like, toilet, yeah. toilet seats and shit at for the point, army. For at like some point in a future show, age. we should have Gray on the show and have him talk about him procuring stuff for his uh, his bosses when he was in the military. Yeah. Because he was, he was telling me that... Like, Obscene prices. Because yeah, I was like, I was of the opinion. I was like, you know, if you're going to have a military, fund the shit out of it. Like, make sure that they have the top stuff. Make sure that they're always on the edge because that's what they're supposed to do that's their and gray was like yeah that's cool and all but you don't need four tvs a giant desk a giant building <laughs> i was gonna say i could tell you some story about that we, <laughs> you know I mean? like, when but, i was but we're bitching about people that are living off of fourteen thousand dollars because they have no other way to live i don't want to get too far <laughs> off subject but just make a quick point about that you brought that up when i was in the service like like the brigade I was in before I got out of the military, like we had a budget every year and stuff. And at the end of the year, they'd all be freaking out. They're like, we have so much money left. We've got to spend it. You know, you just buy shit. We don't care. Like the motor pool, they're like, buy extra fucking doors for the Humvees and shit. We don't give a fuck. Just buy shit because if you don't spend all of your money in they the budget that budget. year, then they cut it. That's so disgusting. it's like just spend and fucking spend. I mean, we had so much shit we didn't fucking need because they just, it's like, you've got to get it because otherwise they're going to cut our goddamn funding next year. So spend it. So isn't it, that ridiculous? It's, it's such, so fucking rational. And that's why I was like, you know, the people who say, and see, this is the other thing too. When people are, I know we're digressing, but it's the point about all, all this is coming up to funding like that. When you're looking at a media source for that and you say, no, we need to cut government or uh, uh, military funding like that. You are a fucking abomination to this country because you're not funding our military guys. And I was kind of on the boat where I was like, well, I'm not really saying you're an abomination, but I don't really want to cut that budget. Yeah, you should probably cut that budget. It's probably not that big a deal. Yeah, I can give you some quick, just quick basic numbers. Uh, combined federal and state spending for TANF, which is basically the overall Temporary welfare. assistance for needy families. That's there, what the program is There you called. go, son. It's the, uh, basic, that's the welfare program. was about $26 billion dollars. Um, in 2006, in 2009, the federal government spent about $25 billion on rental aid for low-income housing, $8 billion for public housing, and um, which basically was about 3% of the total federal budget. So it's not like, you know, it's not like we're spending, you know, 40% of this money and stuff. It's 3%. And we're going to get into the corporate welfare in a minute, and there's a big contrast between that, and you guys will love it. You want me to go ahead and give the stat that I found on the Internet for that? Yeah, go ahead and pull it up. All right, so we're talking about corporate welfare now. They actually gave me a definition, which is awesome. It gives a definition of social welfare, and it says financial aid such as a subsidy provided uh, by government to specific individuals. Then it gives a definition for corporate welfare, which is the exact same thing, financial aid such as a subsidy provided by a government to corporations or other businesses. 
and uh, I think Mike is going to have a really good time talking about this, but this was a stat that they did for 2006. It says $59 billion is spent on traditional social welfare programs. You're like, oh my God, that's a huge number. That's cool and all. It is a pretty big number. It's a lot. Uh, $92 billion in 2006 was spent on corporate welfare. Mm-hmm. That's subsidies to companies like Walmart, mm-hmm. um, milk producers that uh, they do like dry milk. They store it in a giant government vault because they overproduce and no one demands it. Exxon Mobil. Exxon Mobil. ConocoPhillips. All the big oil. Now listen, folks. Berries. These companies need help. <laughs> they need help. They need right? government dollars to yeah, do this. Absolutely. Walmart is in trouble. If they don't have those subsidies, <laughs> Walmart, as you know it, will change. It will. Ugh. They they won't be able to support their profit margins. They won't be able to undercut all of their manufacturers that they had to buy things from. That's just so. Please, please support <laughs> corporate yeah, welfare. Poor Walmart. Yeah, poor I get, fucking Walmart. Walmart's one of the finest ones because of the fact that they make the largest profits of any corporation in the world, and yet they get all these subsidies. Um, for instance, the, I found some stuff where they put a distribution center in Florida and they received $9 million in govern, government subsidies in the form of free land, government-funded recruiting and training employees, tax breaks, and housing subsidies for employees. And it said that uh, a, study by, a study by the uh, Good Jobs First Foundation found that 244 Walmarts around the country had received over $1 billion in government favors. And this is, like I said, they make the largest revenues of any fucking company in the world and they're getting a billion dollars of subsidies it's like hmm. but you know we, we don't want those people to get those food stamps why are they being subsidized is the question i want to ask well you know what it is it's 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 basically it's, it's politician giveaways they go in there and the politicians are like well you know we'll do these giveaways and stuff and then they'll come in and it brings in all this job creation and everything which you want to talk about fucking subsidizing like poor people. <laughs> and that's what that does. Because you get a Walmart that comes in and then, you know, they're paying very low wages, no benefits. They kind of run out these mom and pop shops. So everybody in these communities, they either work or shop at that fucking Walmart. So all of the finance and all the money goes there. So they get all these tax breaks, all these deferments, and then they make all the profits in the area and they run out these mom and pop stores. And then they have all these low-wage employees who – I can't remember the stat. I think we brought this up before. We're like – it's I know, I'm going to lowball it because I don't want to go too crazy. But I think it was around 40%, but I'll say at least about 30% of all Walmart employees basically can qualify for food stamps because they make such low wages. And then they have no benefits to boot. So that's they, what we're they doing. They don't have any full-time workers. Yeah, so from that's – what I've understood from Walmart employees who have talked to me about it. Other than management. If they're, yeah. If, I don't even know – well, I'm sure the management has to. But uh, if you're under that, even in their pharma- in their pharmaceuticals, like if you're approaching 40 hours, they give you a day off. <laughs> they make sh- they ensure you can't hit full time, because if, I think at full time don't they have to give you benefits if you're a full time worker? I I would say depending on the size of the company, well, like Walmart, of course, is big enough. I think it's the, it's a man- it's a mandatory thing. If they yeah, there's one. if you have a certain amount of employees, I'm just gonna let's say 20 employees or something if you have more than that you have to provide benefits to them but um so yeah walmart definitely should be in that category so this is this is my point i think i made last show too about taxes particularly you'd think if you were like the owners of walmart you'd be so fucking grateful you lived in this country that allowed you to amass such wealth you would want to give back you know this is actually an ironic quote but one of the things that i loved about andrew carnegie when he built his whole steel industry 
the one of the last things he ever said was, "A man who dies rich dies disgraced." No, oh, he was very disgraceful. <laughs> he was. Well, he did give away a lot of his wealth when he died. Yeah, but when I, he died, the, the problem that I have with Carnegie and the reason why I think that quote—it's a great quote. But it's also kind of misleading is because I think Carnegie came around to that because one of his managers got shot at. And that was like right around the time Union started forming. His, this employee walked into his, uh, his manager's office and pulled a gun on him and tried to shoot him and hit his chair. <laughs> so I think after that, Carnegie said, dude, if we don't do shit about this, they're going to fucking come in and shoot us. That is a, so, hey, I, I thought it was all about who could die with the most stuff. Yeah, whoever dies with the most toys wins. He <laughs> with the most toys when he dies is dead. I get some fun numbers. We were talking about like the education funding and stuff cutting earlier. Um, Texas, of course, is like the top state as far as when it comes to government incentives and subsidies to corporations. That's how we no. get all these fucking yeah, ama- amazingly this big enough. Republican state that we have. And I know, like when Perry was running for small for, business, yeah, when Perry was running for president, <laughs> he made such a big deal about, oh my god, look at all the jobs we've created. Okay, well, first of all, we've given over nineteen billion dollars that we've taken out of the tax pool and given back to these corporations to move down here. Which is great. I mean, it opens up all these jobs. However, the only problem is we rank uh, 49th in the country in minimum wage or less jobs. <laughs> I don't know how less. I guess they're, what, like maybe waiters or something they're putting that in. I don't even know how less minimum gets No, there. dude, actually, less? I don't think waiters really are the bottom rung. They just work a lot of hours. The job the job itself is not very appealing. So but go, they make, like, where I went, I yeah. made pretty decent money. But, I mean, go Texas, dude. You were right there at the bottom in low-wage jobs. But here's <laughs> the fun part about that. Now, remember, you know, we gave away $19 billion in tax breaks and subsidies. Okay, so last year, the state was forced to slash education funding by $5 billion to meet the budget shortfall. And then they turned around and gave $19 billion in tax cuts and subsidies to these corporations. But because of those cuts, you know, of course, we had to reduce class sizes and they laid off more than 10,000 teachers. And then, you know, it's like we're talking about. We already have like a really shitty education in this state. Why are we making it worse? Oh, no, dude. We, we're top. Because we're we obviously have to balance our budget every top year. Top 10 of the last 10. I'm going to throw this <laughs> out there again because I'm sure I've said this before on this show, but. I don't like the idea of an annual balanced budget. I've never liked that. And the reason I've never liked that is because of a business cycle not adhering to, you know, this plan that everything's going to work out by the end of, you know, December 31st. Yeah. You know, why don't you run deficits when things are bad and surpluses when things are good? Well, government's also not supposed to work like a business, so. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing I love about people who say things like, I want... You know, I I love that bankers are in the uh, government because they know how to no, run a business it's and they not know how to do business. Like, no, they have a conflict of interest. It's not a business. The I, I don't understand. Like people are, it's <laughs> doesn't it piss it's you just, off? To it's the point utterly that frustrating because he's, get, he's getting so frustrated <laughs> because people just don't fucking get it. I mean, the government is there to benefit us. It's not the other way around. Like when they talk about, oh, you know. Uh, they need to raise the debt ceiling. Oh, they need to work on the budget. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. They haven't written a budget in so long. Like, it's not a fucking company. No. They're not in it for a profit margin. They're in it for us. They you are, assholes. They are there to do the things that private companies won't do: build roads, build fucking bridges, build schools. They are there to Help do the things. Families have a yes. military, which help. Rep- which fucking Republicans love. They're there to have a fucking military to defend us. Everything that they do is stuff that no fucking private company is going to do without you know, this trying is, to make... This is a normative stance, of course, because apparently people don't agree with us. But 
Yeah, I mean, it should be about the social good. Frankly, my normative position on corporations is there comes a point when you've acquired enough wealth, you should be about the social good. You should do things and exhibit behavior that benefits the community that you fucking take money from and you operate in, right? No, because corporations are psychopaths. <laughs> you know, you're talking about the $92 billion that they got. They, they don't have any kind of empathy for the people that they take money from. Just their CEOs. Got to get that profits, man. Did, I don't know. Did I, did I ever mention that on a... Uh, on on the podcast about I don't know, but you've told me before. We're uh, derailing like a hardcore motherfucker. I, I don't though. give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care anymore. But there was a uh, psychologist who, because corporations can be deemed people. I don't know. Mm. I actually I know I have. We should that talk up. about this at some point. But, but yeah, go on. Corporations are deemed as people. That's how they can have land, own other corporations, all that other shit. Uh, but they came down with, uh, or this psychologist decided to analyze it as a person, corporations, and it came down that they were psychopaths because they didn't have any empathy for the people that they employ or the people that they uh, sell product to. They also destroy the environment around them regardless of, you know, even if it is the product that they sell, (laughs) like oil companies. Yep. (laughs) It's completely ecocidal. And, uh... Yeah, I, I, I'm at a loss for words right now. So, just wonderful. Just go. Run, run. That's me. Yes. That's Is that my you. cue? Okay. That's your cue. Well, I mean, yeah. Back to the welfare thing, though. You know, that's why I I don't like the argument, and I don't really think that it's a fair thing to say that you know your tax dollars, for instance, pay for all these programs that. Actually, one of the chief ironies I think about this is that a lot of the same people who say that are Christian. Well, and a lot of the same people that say that really don't pay a lot of taxes. <laughs> that too. <laughs> no, right. Some of them actually may not pay taxes at all. Well, that's the thing. It's like well, sales tax. Okay, sales tax. Sure. I'll give them that. <laughs> sure, you can actually write that off though, and then they don't. But end up federal you. tax. I mean, but that's the thing. Is like if you're if you're rich and you're in this nation and you're complaining about taxes. To me, I think it's a complete irony to do so. But, you know, a lot of the same people who have those types of opinions are Christian. And I don't get that. You're supposed to be very giving. You're supposed to, like, there is, like, I was no, telling you. No, no. Jesus was all about hoarding gold. and uh, Right, he was a dragon. Jesus was a dragon. He hoarded gold in a giant fucking cave. Yeah. That's where he That's where right? he disappeared in the desert. He went to his cave to make sure his gold was still there. Jesus Christ, dude, I got up for like two minutes. I'm totally fucking lost. I get back to Jesus hoarding gold in a fucking cave. I can see how this is kind of weird for you, Mike. What the hell? Yeah, just he happened? took a piss break. He took a piss break and Sorry. came back, and we're like, "I've had a few beers, and I need to." You uh, broke the seal. Myself. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, I remember that there's a parable that I read when I was Christian, and I read the Bible that this woman walks up to Jesus and hands him a coin, and it's all she had. She literally gave everything, and he loved that more than like the rich guy giving her, giving him a bunch of money and just throwing himself away and stuff. And he's like, give all that you have. We went over that before, how Jesus, I mean, that was like the the one time where they talked about how Jesus kind of lost his shit was when he went to the, you know, the against the money changers and stuff yeah. at the temple and stuff. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, the Bible says it clearly, you know, I don't know the exact quotes because I'm not the most religious type if you guys haven't figured this out. But, you know, there's the thing about basically the rich people can't get into heaven, blah, blah, blah. And there's that whole quote. You might know better than me, Boggs. But I mean, it's, well, he, he uh, compares it's harder. It to a, it, it's easier 
for, for a, a camel, camel to, to walk through the, the eye, eye of a needle. needle. Yeah. Now, which a lot of people don't understand that reference. Do you yeah, guys know that reference? Yeah, it's it's part of like when you were in that day and age, the eye of the needle is uh, like a piece of a wall that's really, really, really shallow. Yeah, and, and the camel like would have to get on its knees and yeah, they'd have to get on the knees yeah. and go through it. And if you were trying to like, if you're trying to get in, it was hard. If you were trying to like invade a city like that, it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like you're not doing it that way. So, um, yeah, not not quite the eye of the needle thing. But that's the point. The point is. I think the point that he's quoting there, and this is weird for us to use the Bible as a good reference, but uh, <laughs> well, the point is, it's, it's, it's more or less we're using, uh, like like you said, most of these people claim to be Christian, yeah. so we're using their own device against them, essentially. Thank you, thank you, Eric, for that. Yeah. Anyway, so but that's the thing is the irony to this is you're welcome. You know, your religion is supposed to practice giving. Your religion is supposed to practice. You know, uh, at the very least, if you're going to be you know, a good citizen, you would at least try to help those around you, help your community, help those who need it's. And this, the thing that I'll, I'll say about that though, is it's different. If you're saying, Oh, well, I don't want to help somebody abusing that system because they're just abusing my dollars as opposed to please help this needy family that can't support their child. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference in how it's given to you. Yeah. And frankly, it, it makes me actually want to have a, a show about the media, like the big media that we have, because it's, so much of what we talk about, they just funnel in front of you a giant illusion of what things really are. And welfare is, and like I said, this is a problem that we're having with welfare that's 20 years old and dead. We're beating a dead horse. <laughs> that's what we're, every time somebody says that on, and we're talking about welfare and they're like, yeah, I don't want to, you know, give up to a 98% program that's all fraudulent. You're like, dude, that was seriously 1992. Well, mm-hmm. you had to, once again, like you said, the, uh, the, the huge media organizations and the propaganda that they spill out. That's the whole point is that they, they want to pump that out. They want to make you angry enough to where they can take away more from you. And then it, and it, it starts out as like welfare and social programs and stuff like that. And then it spins into social security and pensions Exactly. It starts spawning into other things. Like it, it is a complete and total chess game of the rich trying to get more from us. That's a fantastic point. All it is. That's exactly what happened during the election with that whole 47% fucking comment from Romney. You know, And like I said, you hear it all the time from the conservatives now talking about takers and makers. When they do that, they include in people who are receiving Social Security, Medicare, and stuff. It's like, those are programs we pay into. Those are not entitlements. I hate that when they say they're entitlements. Those are earned benefits. We all pay into that system. And the reason why we do is because back before they had these programs, elder every fucking elderly person, they couldn't work anymore. They were in poverty. These yep. programs have pulled them out of poverty. They've and they haven't even done that, frankly. To- it, well, we still have old people at Walmart. True, and but, that's the that's the sad. It, that's but the, the percentage is greatly reduced. And but I mean, no, no. those are programs that were meant to give someone dignity at the end of their life, so they didn't have to suffer. At least which, let them survive. Exactly. Which, you know, here's the thing that that pisses me off about that when people say stuff about that is, well, he could still go get a job or something like that. It's like, okay, so he gave his whole life to society. He gave his whole life to benefit the society, and the best that you can come up with is he can work some fucking more. That's the best you have. And guess what, conservative Republicans? A lot of these people are ex-military, too. Oh, oh yeah, so they defended God. your country, too. Support our troops, yeah, but don't anymore. give them Social Security. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, they don't need those VA benefits and stuff. <laughs> so don't yeah, worry about um, it. Like, oh, and th- th- hey, that that goes big into mental health as well. Yeah, all, mental health programs. I was gonna say the way the uh, Vietnam shit. veterans were fucked over and stuff. And yeah. it's still going on. You got to look at the vets coming out of Iraq and Afghanistan. I, I have mean, a personal having, story about that. They're having huge. Serious I have a personal problems story about that. about Dude. that one. There was a sniper. Uh, uh, he was he was a uh, he's the brother of my former drummer when I was in a band. But uh, he had some serious, serious issues coming back that I won't get into for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely attest to some personal uh, experience with people who have come back and just been completely fucked. He was a completely different guy just from and I didn't even really know him that well. I just saw him like occasionally from time to time. Yeah. And I don't remember him really being outgoing. But God, you talk about a recluse. I, and- I, I can also relate because... Uh- I did have a friend who, he was in special forces and he went over to uh, Iraq. And uh, whenever he came back, I mean, he was like a really happy individual, loved his life, was just like always cracking jokes and just making fun. I mean, he never really took anything serious. He was just like uh, a fun-loving, feel-good kind of guy. He came back a complete and utter wreck, a shell of a man. I mean, he was crying all the time. He would have to like leave work for no reason at all. Well, quote unquote, no reason at all. Um, and he, he was never the same person afterwards. Not at all. And did he any, get any kind of help? Did he get any kind of, uh, psychological treatment? Nope. They gave him nothing. I, I guarantee. And he's still in, in the military. And I, they, they don't do any kind of evaluations for those people. They they don't. Well, there's and a, whenever uh, he gets out, what the hell is going to happen to him? I was going to say, I think they're changing some of that where they do it when they're in. But like you said, after they get out, then they're fucking done. That's the problem. You know, they receive those benefits. You want to talk about the biggest welfare system ever. I mean, not saying that being in the military is welfare, but it's set up like that. I mean, you know, everything's provided for you, housing, medical, everything. And then, man, as soon as you serve and you're out, dude, it's fucking all gone. <laughs> you know, yep. yeah. they really well, don't support do their soldiers. My right. ass. There, yeah. there should be programs after that. I'm not saying my normative position is against that per se, but a part of that is the the perception of psychological medicine like this is that it's unnecessary. If you talk about like when I was in uh, when I went to UTA for all the psychology stuff that I did, I had a clinical uh, psychology course I had to take and. One of the things they brought up that is annoying as fuck for a counselor is none of it's covered. None of it's insurance covered. There's very, very few insurance plans, if any, that I can think of that cover any sort of psychological treatment like that. It's typically all out of pocket. So, you know, a lot of the time, because it's not covered like that, people would come into, she was saying, uh, our teacher was saying, I would have people come in and it's like, they've been coping with these problems for years and it's gotten to the point that they can't cope anymore. And they're coming in as a complete fucking train wreck when it could have been resolved, you know, brick by brick at the beginning of this. And it's all a perception that therapy is bad. It's unnecessary. You don't need it for your physical well-being. And, you know, we're developing we're developing people that are just not apt to do that because we don't have those types of things available. Look at Newtown, for instance. Look at... Um, I don't care what anybody says. Aurora was a fucking anomaly. That thing was... I, that case is so 
insane to me, but clearly there's something wrong. You know, there's, there's so many people that come out like that, that have God from Asperger's to, you can't, uh, you're, you're literally like sociopathic. You can't feel empathy for people. Why, why is our attitude that this is unnecessary? You know, that's never made sense to me. Well, I think what we were talking about earlier, it all comes down to cost. People who are doing well, they don't need those assistances, so therefore they just assume anybody that does isn't, you know, working hard. They're not doing they're not pulling their fair share, so they don't deserve those as well. Yeah, it's really easy when you've made it off really well to tell everyone else to man up. Like I, I said, man, one of the most hilarious. <laughs> like I said, I'm very liberal and I, I you know, I took advantage of the system when I needed to. So I have nothing against it. I mean, like I said, we've talked about this so many times across the board. Any assistance program, any government program out there, there's going to be someone gaming the system. There's going to be someone taking advantage of it. But you have to look at the percentages and stuff. Overall, if you're saying 90% of the time it's doing good compared to 3% of the time when it's, you know, being manipulated for someone else's gain, you know, whatever. I mean, that's... That's acceptable to me. That Obviously, is very acceptable. if you want to, if you want to like make reform to make that like zero, like you just, it's impossible. Sure, go for it. But see, the thing that they use that for is clearly because we have fraud like that, because we have bad things that happen within the system, we shouldn't have that program. To which I respond with, well, maybe we should take guns away because we have accidental deaths and school shootings. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of the most offensive things about the new gun laws that they're enforcing, by the way, is that Obama did not include a mandatory education course you have to have to get a license to have guns at all. Yeah. That, to me, would have been groundbreaking. It'd be just like a food handler's license. Do you want to handle food and work in an environment where you have to handle food? Yes. You have to take a course. You have to get a license. Do you want to own a weapon? Yes, you have to take a course, you have to have a license, and you have to update it. I agree with that. That would have been perfect. I've said that before. It's just like driver's license. You have to go get your test renewed. It should be the same thing with firearm. And, you know, it could be, it could be, I've had talks about this too, where it could be simple, you know, bullshit tests you have to go take, gun safety, don't point at people, etc. It could be as, as complex as here's the different weapon types and how to load different weapon types, and here's what magazines do, and here's how they're spring loaded. And it can be as deep as you want it to be. But, you know, with the welfare system, the way that I'm saying is just because it's being fraudulently used or if it's being abused like that, if you're not willing to reform it, the only thing that you can boil down to is do you want this program at all? And for most of the conservative argument is if you boil them down to that point, they say, no, I don't want it because it makes people, you know, behave a certain way. Like they well, they just want to go after your money and not try to work for themselves. Now, I, I like to view like an economy, not just as far as dollars, but also the impact that things have. Right. So, like you were saying, uh, Michael, it, it might be cheaper to just kind of cast people aside and say, oh, well, you know, <clears throat> we don't need to have government institutions that help uh, mentally handicapped or help people that are in poverty or whatever. But the societal impact of that is that People are forced to steal to feed their families. Which is why that, by the way, I think that post that we read earlier that he said I had to steal instead of doing welfare. I'm pretty sure that was a, you know, sarcastic yeah. comment. Yeah. I think it was. there. Was or, so or somebody who <laughs> slips through the cracks, doesn't get help and winds up shooting a whole shooting up a whole bunch of people. I mean, how much does that cost us as far as a society? Honestly, not versus much. the cost of helping them out. 
As a society, if you're the I company, think it, I think if you're it the company making us. the decision, they don't give a shit. But well, it's the truth. Of but that. it doesn't. It's, it's like we not, showed earlier. Government you, is not a, a company. But see, people, oh, we're talking about government right now. But see, people yeah. think that what Eric's saying that it doesn't. But the fact of the matter is, you minimal cost. Like what we say, the some of the mental health. You put thirteen hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars into a person every year to help them with their problems, as opposed to, you know going to prison, the facilities, all this shit that's involved when things go to hell and it, it the cost could be up to what 50,000, yeah. 55,000. I can't remember. I'm not well, going to look it up. <laughs> here's here, here's another good way to kind of spend the the gun control around. Okay, so if we do not help uh people who are mentally unstable or who have issues and we they don't have access to these programs or these programs have been cut and they're let loose or whatever it is and they wind up going out and shooting a whole bunch of people, guess what? Guns get restricted. Mm, no, they don't. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying. Like, it, I mean, it's starting. I know. It's it's a very small start, but it's a start. Not to jump off to topic too bad, but the restriction of it. Yeah, so, those, those restrictions. That's going to take generations to fix. You that don't. Culture's taking. You want to have more freedom? Guess what? You need to have people who are mentally stable and financially stable in order to make good decisions. And not get more rights taken away from us. Well, the, the real issue here, this is the thing I think Eric's touched on before. The real issue here is you need to understand the government is supposed to be, and you should be looking at it, by the way, to make sure that it is, supposed to be about the public good. If it's about the public good, there's no problem at all. I have no problem at all putting into a system that's supposed to help people. That's just the truth to it. You know, if, if, if you're... If you're not, if you don't think it's about the public good, and a lot of it isn't, we know that there's corruption in there. I don't like to mix the political arguments with the corruption side because obviously everyone wants to cure corruption. There's not really an argument there. If there's a corruption uh, in the system, no. well, obviously if you're benefiting from it, you're not going to. But societally speaking, if you're looking at a government that's corrupt, it's not really. But the thing is, they won't even look. You know what I mean? They just get to make these blanket statements without actually doing research, without well, looking at people. Of course, because the large media corporations tell them these blank statements well like i said they here's what them. here's what you get to look for too they're they just pushed off this debt selling thing they're going to be fighting over this again the first thing that's going to come <laughs> up from the conservatives is going to be cuts in social programs social security medicare medicaid any welfare type programs just remember they don't want to cut any of these subsidies oil they don't want to do tax cuts on their wealthy here's what you gotta remember 90 would you say 92 billion corporate welfare 59, than, and that was a 2006, so it's yeah, actually 59. higher for both So ends, it's, gonna, yeah, it's definitely going to be higher now, but you're talking almost twice as much for corporate welfare. When you've got um, – here's a thing I read. I, I like this. It talks about uh, corporate welfare. The corporate welfare system, it says the more money and assets you have, the more government assistance you'll get. As with social welfare, the, uh, the less money and assets you have, the you know the more assistance you'll get so it's right. like if, if you're a corporation and you've got a lot of money a lot of power you're going to get it. like the the cato institute which is a right-wing think tank did a study on the corporate welfare and where all the money went and they came to the conclusion which i think anybody would have just you'd think they had no off the top of their heads that the majority of that money went to the largest profit the companies that made the largest profits i mean you're talking your motorola's dow chemicals general electric general electric which has paid no tax dollars for like the last four or five years. 
So they're getting subsidies, they're getting tax dollars given to them, and they're not paying taxes. So they're actually getting money from the government. Yeah. How does that not fucking piss everybody off? And we're talking billions. We're talking billions of dollars. We're not talking... Yeah, GE's huge. And they're getting bigger, too. We're not talking $12,000 a year, like a welfare recipient may get. We're talking billions of fucking dollars. And people, the conservatives, will not raise one fucking stink about that when they're doing this debt fight. They won't bring up corporate... Welfare it will at not all. come up it at won't all. Come up. Here's my question though, and this is the thing everyone should think about because, sorry, but Democrats won't bring it up either. No, and you would, and this is one thing that will get pissed off. And Democrats will really, no, Democrats will bring up the the oil subsidies and shit. They always bring that nonsense up, but they fucking you know they're pussies and they peter out and they don't really fight hard on farm subsidies. Both of them fight for farm subsidies. The largest fraction of corporate welfare spending, forty percent, goes to farm subsidies, and they said. Basically, of that funding, that the majority of it goes to corporations, the way it's set up, only about 7% of it actually goes to family farms. The rest of it goes to, like, these fucking, I I don't know who runs them, these corporate farms, probably like Monsanto and shit, run these corporate farms. They're the ones that pull in the majority of those funds. This does bring up another thing I want to point out, and I want everybody to really, really please, please hear me. If you've you've told me to fuck off the rest of your life, (laughs) and you heard this one thing, please hear this. They are not about small business. No. When we're talking no. about small business, you know, the rules go out the window on a lot of this. When they talk about things like corporate welfare, your mom and pop shops don't see that. You know what they see, though? They see a tax consultant come into their store and tax them by the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what you get in Arlington right now. I had a professor tell me that his wife owns a store in Arlington, and when they went by to assess how much she had for taxes, they literally taxed her per shelf. Yeah. What does Walmart get? Nothing. You know oh, no, why? they got. They here's, got the, here's the argument. They, they got say one billion dollars in subsidies. Here's and tax why they breaks. don't tax Walmart because they drive business in local areas. Because if you have a Walmart in your area, your whole area grows and it booms and all this economic growth happens. Yes. The yeah. truth of that is that so, might be true for Walmart with low wage jobs and no benefits, and then those people. But that's still not need true for your mom and pop shops. Walmart is a freaking. If, if exactly. you're a sm- if you're a mom and pop shop owner and you see a sign that says Walmart coming soon 2013, I would be like, "Fuck, I got to get out of town, dude. This sucks." Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they will drive you out of business. Absolutely. The only way that you could survive around a Walmart is if you own a fucking restaurant that they don't already have in the store. (laughs) Or if you're in a really, really progressive city that is very knowledgeable about yeah, like evil. people like me who doesn't fucking shop at Walmart. Well, no, I know what Eric's saying. There's a lot of those more progressive there, cities there where they fought some, to keep Walmarts there out. There are some so. cities that have really fought back against Walmart. Yeah, good. Um, if any city has and anybody listening in those cities, proud of you. Good job. But It's never going to um, no listen to this fucking show. <laughs> so, uh, nah, people are going to listen. I, sort of off topic a little bit, but oh, you, you went to, no, 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 you went into the, the, you know, the government, they, uh, extended the, uh, the debt ceiling and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, can anybody guess what my, my hope is that they all die? The, the outcome that they, I bet, d- I bet he can. Uh, I'm sure knowing Eric, he wants them to not extend it and then watch our credit rating totally collapse. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Because in, in the extension, the Republicans had a little back end to it that if they weren't uh, able to create a budget, okay, government shutdown. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Government shutdown, and they also had a stipulation there where, what the fuck was it? If they couldn't come up, this 
they tied the debt crisis into the sequestration. Yeah. Where if they didn't get the cuts in and stuff, then there would be no pay for Congress. And everybody's like, oh, they're not going to get paid if they don't do their job. No, it's they'll still get paid. It's just they don't get paid until they leave Congress <laughs> on their money. <laughs> they put that in there and they kind of like put that in the small print. They're fucking they dicks. Get paid. Oh, they're the worst. I just think it would be fun. It ain't going to anyway. happen. Nah, it won't. No, it, it'll... Kristen, you had so much on the first portion of this, and you've said nothing on this one, and you're about to fall asleep. She looks more tired than I am, which is really ridiculous. I'm a little exhausted. What time did you get up? What have you been doing all day, dear? Well, I had to teach earlier. What time did you get up? That's right. It wasn't 4.30. I know. I'm sorry. What time? About eight o'clock. Oh, you pussy. I was texting her last night and about it was like I don't even fucking know, it was like ten, ten thirty or something. She told me she had to go to bed. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. What do you I went to bed later than that too. Shit. And she then she told me she had to get up with you is my question. She told me she had to get up and teach. I'm like, Oh, okay. Whatever. Gotta be fresh for the kids. Well, folks, I think the uh, the bullet line points here is uh fuck Walmart. That was one of the big bullet points. Um, uh, I, th- I think the whole point, and it's kind of the point of the whole damn show, is that maybe, just maybe, we need to start taking better care of each other. Yeah. Yes. And really, but yeah, before everybody freaks out and is like, oh, we put too much money and we're subsidizing these people to live, maybe we need to look at the whole fucking synopsis of how things yeah, don't, are and stuff. Don't just take things as face value. Actually dig in. Find, find the root causes of things and... Yeah, if you don't help out your neighbor, it's a community. It really is, and it's the, the entire world is a community. If you are completely isolated and alone, and you're out in some fucking wilderness by yourself, okay, have fun. But we're not in that situation. Nope. We rely on each other. The only way that we're going to get through everything and the generations beyond us have a good life that we do is by taking care of one another. It's what I always Plain say. And simple. You know, you have to think about that, too. It's like, I know you're always going to be able to find that 1% of people who are gaming the system or doing something they shouldn't. But overall, you have to look at the positive effects of it. And, and I always say this, you know, because I am very liberal and I say, you know, we're in this together. You only It's that old saying, you know, you're only as strong as your, you know, your weakest link in the chain. And that's, I, I, I truly believe that. I think when it comes to education, when it comes to health care, any of that stuff, I think, you know, the better you take care of your people, the better we are off overall in society. So, oh, we're having a little heart-to-heart moment with our listeners. Me and Eric are holding hands <laughs> right now. I just want you guys to know this. But that is a good point. We're not going to start singing Kumbaya. Don't I'm, even fucking think it. I'm trying to get a chubby. Wow. <laughs> that is not what we meant by take care of each other. Um, oh. All right. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen, do you have anything else for us? You want to cut us off anything? again? I do not. Are you all ready to sign off? Well, I well, guess maybe. I was going to fucking no, make a couple more bullshit points. Go, go ahead. Go. All right, so fuck Walmart. That was the first one. Okay, we got that one. <laughs> Take care of us of each other. We already yep, said that. Yep. Okay, that was the second bulletin. Yep. Um, just because you think just that because. welfare programs are point. abused doesn't mean that they are, which, by the way, the sub-point of that is please do your research before you accept someone else's saying to you that something is certainly what that it is. That includes us. Yep. And it does include us. And you can comment and tell us More that we were wrong news. and we will look it up. And if we were wrong, I promise you, we will say on air, we were fucking wrong. Certainly. Although I will point out, when I pull most of my stats and shit, I get them from like the Bureau of Labor Statistics, stuff like that. I usually get them from government for, you know, so most of my shit's pretty goddamn good. I'm just Still, saying, I'm just saying. You guys can your, look at it. For I'm your benefit, right check it out. 
or yep. don't and just take my word for educate it. Educate yourself. <laughs> and lastly, um, this show is awesome. That was, that was the last bulletin point we tried to make. Best show ever. This is a really good two-parter. Okay, so admit. first off, you guys are taking it as this show. I'm saying like our show, oh, Intellectual Saviors, is awesome. In general. Yeah. We do, we're doing what we do. We do do what we that, do. That is true. <laughs> so anyway, um, I guess we will sign off here. So I'm Michael Boggs. I'm Michael Benz. God damn it, Michael. I'm Eric Jones. Peace out. Her face becomes fair Is that sweat I see She becomes giddy Sex